expand your mind and enrich your world. It's time for another outstanding podcast from ICRT. Hello and welcome to another podcast edition of Taiwan Talk. I'm Keith Manconi. Taiwan is a country that's getting more diverse every year, and many of the newcomers have been around long enough now that we can't really think of them as newcomers anymore. Many have mastered the language, gained citizenship, and some are even beginning to participate in politics. Well, today on the show, we're speaking to one naturalized citizen who's decided to jump into the deep end of Taiwan's political life by running for a seat in the legislative yuan in next year's election. Robin Winkler was born in the U.S., but he's lived in Taiwan for more than 30 years, where he's worked as a lawyer. And his decision to run as the Green Party's candidate in the Shilin Beitou district makes him the first Caucasian to ever run for a seat in the legislative yuan. I spoke with him recently to hear what motivated him to run and what it would mean if he wins. Here's our conversation. Robin Winkler, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's nice to be here and... Hello to your listeners in Taiwan and around the world. So reading a little bit up on your bio, um, I, it seems like it's just a steady progression of getting more and more involved in uh, the goings-on of Taiwan. I mean, first, uh, you started Wild at Heart Legal uh, Defense Association, which is you know kind of involved in environmental issues, and then you got involved with the EPA later. Um, and so I'm really interested in uh, what was pushing you uh, to, you know, on, on that path, getting more involved. Uh, but kind of even before we get there, I was hoping that we could move back a little bit further and you could uh, tell us how you originally decided to stay in Taiwan. When did you know that this is where you wanted to spend uh, a big chunk of your life? Well, I I arrived here in 1977 in January, uh, just having graduated, well, six months earlier in Asian studies and um, having to go somewhere to learn to speak a little um, of what I'd been learning. And Taiwan was the main option for um, people from the U.S. and Japan and Europe. So I uh, saved up money, came here thinking I would stay six months, and I really fell in love with the place. Um, people were really nice. I think perhaps at that time it was martial law, and people uh, tended to, sh- it seemed to te- they tended to share a lot of things with foreigners that they may not have felt comfortable talking about with other people, including family and close friends. So I, I think I got a pretty intimate um, view of Taiwan at the time and uh, made a lot of friends, foreign friends, local friends. Uh, then I um, started uh, seeing what was going on in Taiwan. Was the uh, It was a period when there was a big push to uh, promote the rule of law as opposed to a rule of man, I guess. Code for um, we need to live by these rules and not have arbitrary decisions. Uh, again, at the time, martial law and, and other factors were uh, figured quite strongly in Taiwan's um, political environment. So I had interest at that time. I read a book by uh, an opposition politician named Wang Tuo. It was about starting a, a legal aid center. This was his vision. It's uh, twenty twenty five years later, it became what we now know as... Um, um, LAF, L-A-F, uh, Legal Aid Foundation, right, it's under the judicial yen. That interested me, and I'd, I've always had an interest in public life, uh, but um, in Taiwan, uh, I was here for as a student for a year and a half, and I went back to law school, uh, and then um, 
was back and forth between law school for five years, finally finished, got my bar, came back, uh, worked for some law firms uh, until 1989 when I started my own firm and that uh, had several partnerships. And then in 2002, um, started what's now called Winkler Partners. It was in 2003, after having gotten sick and had a chance to rethink my priorities in life, that I uh, decided I would uh, start another law firm, and this time it would um, be uh, solely dedicated, be in the public interest, and basically environmental and social issues. And that was also the same year where you decided that you were going to renounce your American citizenship and become a Taiwanese citizen. That's right, and there is a connection between the two. In 1994, when Chen Sui-bian got elected mayor, I remember saying to my wife, and we'd been married for two years, I said to her that I think I'm going to become a Taiwanese. And she said, well, um, why don't you wait a while and see how things pan out? Um, I think she was actually referring to see how our wedding pans out and um, uh, see see how I held up because she didn't want to be responsible for that decision if things didn't work out. But I didn't at the time, and it was 10 years later when I made the decision. And um, there's a lot of misunderstanding about this. Um, first of all, U.S. nationals, when we renounce our citizenship, it's very difficult to get it back. I could go back. Uh, I could have gone through my parents or something and, and gotten it back. But once it's once it's gone, it's it's pretty well gone. Um, and for Thai, for uh, non-Taiwanese or non-Republic of China citizens, you cannot um, maintain dual nationality. So this is not because I'm running for office now that I have to give up my nationality, or I had to, um, but it was because I um, it was required by law here. And so that sounds like a, a pretty big decision to make. Is is there anything in particular that you would point to that uh, pushed you towards making that decision? I had been a quite a successful commercial lawyer, and I expected to be a successful um, public interest lawyer, um, an environmental lawyer. And the uh, the difference between the two is that the commercial lawyer is doing something that everyone uh, in the mainstream Taiwan business, government, academic community uh, approves of, uh, with very few exceptions, whereas an environmental lawyer or social justice lawyer uh, is doing things that frequently rub the wrong Rub, rub against the grain of, of the powers that be, uh, whether it's in academica, business, or, or government. So I figured if I was going to be a successful public interest lawyer, I would probably uh, rankle a few uh, people and upset some people. And the way Taiwan has always, as long as I've been here, um, I haven't noticed anything recently, but um, I, I haven't been looking, but the way that Taiwan deals with foreigners that are doing things um, other than uh, sort of towing the line and helping the economy grow at a breakneck rate um, without any attention to the future uh, uh, is to deport foreigners. So this happened with some Irish priests years ago. Uh, it's it's um, I knew some people who were doing environmental work, uh, and so I wanted to avoid deportation. So this was kind of a way to shield yourself from that? Yeah, in some sense. Um, but I think an even more, an even more important reason was that I thought it would increase my credibility with a local, whether government, business, uh, or or just colleagues in the environmental movement. You're kind of in this with them now. Yes. I, I think that we 
too often hear, oh, well, you're American, you can always go back there and leave us with this underdeveloped island um, would be sort of the, 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 the chorus line that I would frequently hear. And uh, so, you know, that was a little bit more than a decade ago. Now you're actually, you know, deciding to run for office. Uh, is, is this just kind of the, the same path that you were on of uh, getting more engaged in, uh, in public life in Taiwan? I think it's a natural progression. I, um, I first, I didn't think about running for office until about 2006, 2007. And that's when I started getting active with the Taiwan Green Party which is affiliated with the Green Parties around the world, New Zealand, Germany, um, the United States, Canada, UK. And I I chose uh, the Green Party um, because it seemed like the best vehicle um, to to promote uh, some of the things that I'd been working on for the last 10 or 15 years. And, and and so what has been pushing you to want to get engaged? I mean, you've uh, obviously focused on a lot of environmental issues uh, and, and social justice issues. What is it that you were seeing here that made you think, uh, you know, this is something that you want to contribute to? Well, um, what's the what's the old line? With, with privilege comes responsibility. Um, I think that that's something I was raised to believe in, uh, that uh, we have, that we're very privileged. Um, uh, living at this time, we have material goods. We have um, lots of things to stimulate and keep us entertained and engaged and study. Uh, and yet, there is a lot going on right now uh, in Taiwan around the world that needs addressing. And uh, what I see or have seen um, in the two countries that I'm most uh, familiar with the United States and Taiwan is that the politicians that have been elected to address these issues are not doing their job. And I had experienced two years on the uh, 21-member um, Environmental Impact Assessment Commission under the Executive Yuan Environmental Protection Agency, um, and I saw what a difference this was this was 2005 to 2007, and so I'd, I'd already been doing this social environmental justice um, thing for a couple of years and had met with frustration, um, thinking that we had a, a government that, and we do uh, in Taiwan have a government that's quite accessible. Um, I was able to talk to a lot of people, but it just things just were not um, progressing because of a number of reasons, um, but I felt that if I could be on the inside, uh, it would be helpful. So I had the two years experience and that really whet my appetite and further bolstered my belief that through conventional political power, uh, political position, one can achieve quite a bit. So if uh, this has been characterized a couple of different ways in the media, but uh, you running in this, I, I believe it makes you uh, the first Caucasian to uh, run for the legislative Yuan. Uh, and do you have any thoughts on what the significance of that might be? Maybe, maybe your, your your take would be that there is no significance to it, and you're just another candidate. But what what are your thoughts on that? Um, I have different thoughts on that all the time. Uh, I have not really felt like an outsider here almost ever since I I got here. My wife is Taiwanese. I feel very integrated with society. Um, but you're right. I am a Caucasian, and I look very different than other people. Uh, most other people here who are who are nationals, and certainly um, other people who are going to be running this election. Uh, so, so it's a it's something that I 
I will use, try to use in my in my favor as I can. I'm not sure quite how, but uh, uh, I think that you know the fact that I am Caucasian makes me um, a little bit more noticeable than the other candidates. I would like to use the fact that I am Caucasian. I am a a minority in this country, if you will, to promote some of the uh, promote discussion on a lot of the ethnic issues in Taiwan, and that's um, those are some pretty fundamental issues here. And, and I think it's it's an issue that's underlying uh, the big debate of unification versus Taiwan independence. It's underlying something that I've been um, following a lot for the last twenty years is indigenous issues in Taiwan. And that then leads me to um, what's really almost, well, very near and dear to my heart, and that's the issue of sustainability, which I believe that the indigenous uh, way of thinking, approaching nature, society, um, is a sustainable one. And I don't think, and I think that we can learn a lot from that. So, um, so all of those are just pieces in this, in this um, sort of bricolage that I hope to put together and have a convincing message to the to the electorate. And do you think that uh, being a Westerner, being a Caucasian, do you think that that positions you in a certain way to, uh, you know, be in a better position to start these conversations and, and to uh, have uh, more discourse about this? It's an interesting, yes. I, I, short answer is yes. Um, people will at least listen a little bit more. Um, now, I have heard and seen on the some of the discussions, um, some of the foreigner uh, foreign forums, um, you know, who does this guy think he is? You know, nobody's going to vote for a for a for a Westerner. They're you know racist and so forth. And I I, I I've never felt that any more than I've observed any more than I've observed in other countries. Um, perhaps I've been um, insulated. I I don't think so. I think I've um, managed to, to to be with most sectors of of Taiwan society. So it will. Give me and give my issues an advantage. I think in that there will be more discussion. Um, one of my big issues is Taiwan's place in the international community, and I look pretty international. So, um, so I, I think that will. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to this uh, election. I, uh, certainly, I'm, I'm running to win, uh, but I'm also the process is very important, and I think that uh, my campaign, my my running in this election will give Taiwan and Taiwanese uh, more of an opportunity to discuss um, issues that are frequently um, drowned out by, again, the Taiwan identity versus Chinese identity issue. Right. I've heard you talk about this in other interviews, uh, that you do really want to focus on the quality of public discourse and the way that policies are discussed in Taiwan. Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm sorry to keep hitting this point, but I, I think it's an interesting one. Uh, how do you think that, you know, as a Westerner, how do you think that you're positioned to contribute to that? Um, it's always hard to say, you know, when you're in the middle of something, um, whether you had an influence on it because of uh, the substance of what you're saying or because of who you are. Um, I And I had this issue when, when on the Environmental Impact Assessment Commission we promoted some very, I would say, radical in this sense of basic uh, departures from past practices in the Environmental Impact Assessment Committee, and there was reporting on it almost every day. People might say, "Well, uh, Robin was reported on because he's a foreigner," and and um, so that that tended to 
question whether or not they were you know they were looking at the substance or they were looking at the person who was saying it and so that's that's going to ha- i mean that that confusion is going to happen and i i admit that there is there are a lot of times when i'll get a little bit more attention not a little bit more i'll get a lot more attention just because of how i look and if that can be used to help promote some of these issues so be, i mean that's more power to us um if that gets in the way and the issue becomes more on who robin winkler is the you know the white guy in the legislature um, that would be too bad, but so so it's it's going to take some some work to manage that. But I um, I am pretty confident in the Taiwanese uh, ability to see to look at the substance and to and to make the good decisions and to support the the right policies. Now you, uh, as as we mentioned earlier, you've had just a little bit of experience working within the government at the Environmental Protection Agency. So you already have a little bit of experience of what it's like to work from the inside. Uh, can you tell us what you expect in terms of uh, how your, uh, you know, how being a Westerner is going to impact that? I mean, you you, you clearly have uh, strong Chinese skills. Uh, but uh, does that change the way that people view you when you work with them, or, or are there any barriers that there are there to overcome? Um, being a Westerner, per se, is not going to be a, uh, an issue, but not having grown up here um, certainly does present a few challenges. Um, there's just the cultural milieu here. I mean, I, I, I did a, uh, my wife published a series of 10 books on Taiwan history, um, and then we later did those in English and Chinese, and I oversaw that. So, of course, I've I've read that. I've gone to school here, um, and, but there 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 are still a lot of there's a lot of context. So, that to me feels like a disadvantage. It can also be an advantage in that I need a lot of help, and so I will turn to many people, and I expect to have quite a sizable uh, support group throughout. In fact, we're starting to assemble it now and um, advisors on different policy areas and so forth. So I I think it, it could be a disadvantage, um, but actually when I come to think of it, um, everyone in Taiwan, you know, comes from a slightly different niche group and so forth. So I, I don't think it's, 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 that's really going to be um, an issue. I think, uh, the language, I'm comfortable with that. My Taiwanese is not very good. Um, so if uh, during an interpolation someone's speaking Taiwanese, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to have an interpreter by me. Um, but I've, I've been able to handle that sort of situation. I, I've been attending public hearings and so forth, um, uh, court hearings and so forth for the last 25 years, and have never, that, the language has never really been a, an obstacle. What are your thoughts on uh, other... Uh, foreign-born nationals uh, running for uh, national office in Taiwan. Do you think that this is a trend that we're going to see more of? Is this something that you'd like to see more of? Uh, or or uh, do you think that it, you know you might be an exception for a while? Yeah, there. as everyone knows, there, were, there was a period where Taiwan was importing uh, women to marry um, Taiwanese. And so as a result, we have a lot of Southeast Asian, uh, Indonesians, Vietnamese, Filipinos, um, living in Taiwan, and they're gradually becoming just like I am. They've been here 10 years. They can nat- naturalize, and they can, well, it's, I think it's less than 10 years now for that. But once you've been here for 10 years um, under uh, Taiwan national identity, uh, the ID card, um, you're eligible to to participate in elections. And uh, so I think definitely there's going to be a lot more 
uh, people that will do this. I've I've been contacted by some uh, Southeast Asia groups. Um, they have issues that they're hoping that uh, this campaign can can highlight. Um, so treatment of of migrant immigrant or migrant workers, rights for spouses who are divorced, um, but l- don't have their nationality yet. So th- so there's a lot of issues there, and I th- I would expect that as more people become Taiwan citizens or re- reach the 10-year point, that sure, there's going to be a lot more foreign participation in, in local politics. Or second, uh, what do we call it? It's not foreign participation anymore. It's um, a participation by non-ethnic Taiwanese, Indone- uh, indigenous, or uh, Han Chinese. Yeah. So we're just a little bit under a year away from the actual election uh, and looking forward to the campaign process, is, is this something that you're excited about? You know, going out and stumping and uh, going to, you know, in, in some districts you actually see politicians out on street corners like bowing to people. And is this something that you're looking forward to? Do you have any thoughts about how, how you're going to approach this? Um, well, we have, a, we have a campaign strategy team that's currently working on all of this. But um, I'm personally, I'm really looking, f- I, I, I love being out. Getting and knowing people, learning new things. Uh, I have been going to all the districts. I'm learning all the different, um, all the different. Uh, what do you call it? Um, Lees in. I've got thirteen in in Tenmu and uh, thirteen in Shirling, mostly in Tenmu, and then another forty-two in Beitou. Um And so visiting those. I also my district is um, it's right on Yami National Park. So, um, as I like to say, um, I have many, many more supporters than anyone else in any other district. The problem is, is that they can't all vote, um, the mountains and trees and insects and so forth. But um, and so that gives me a chance. There are a lot of issues in that area that um, our association, Wild at Heart Legal Defense Association, has been working on over the last 12, 13 years, including the, the, um, the corruption that, um, riddled the Beto cable car uh, and the, the, that case which resulted in the jailing of several um, officials um, some other expansion projects uh, in it's a it's a it's a watershed it's an important watershed um, so I, I I I will enjoy spending time there also it's a really rich culturally it goes from as we said the um, uh, Sherling um, area near the Tursan station all the way up to Guangdu. So um, it's got a lot of, a lot of culture, uh, a lot of nature, um, and I'm, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to it. So it's going to be a lot about going out and meeting people and, 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 and talking to the, to the residents there? Well, we've got, um, we've already started an itinerary where I'm, I'm meeting different groups that are concerned with various issues. We went up to see the first sort of waterworks development um, that was done in Japan in 1911, and they want to get cultural preservation status for that. This is a local group. So there are many local groups that are eager to talk, and, and so it's a great way to, to get to know the area, to get to know more about Taiwan, and to, to think about how to take these local issues and put them on a national, put them at a national scale, so that, um, because we do, we often forget that the legislators really are national legislators, even though you represent a district, but this is about the nation. All right, we've been speaking to Robin Winkler. Robin, thank you so much for speaking with us today. Thank you very much. It was nice to be on the show.
Thanks for listening to Taiwan Talk. Also want to mention once again to our listeners that if you're somebody who wants to stay up to date on the biggest news stories in Taiwan, but don't want to spend each day pouring over the newspapers, trying to wrap your head around local issues, well, we've got just the thing for you. Taiwan This Week is our new weekly roundup of news from around the island where myself and co-host Gavin Phipps, along with uh, correspondents from around the island, break down the news stories. So even if you're somewhat of a newcomer to the goings-on of the island, it'll all be laid out nice and easy for you. And for those of you who have been looking at this a little bit longer, we've got plenty of in-depth analysis and insights for you as well. That's Taiwan This Week, airing every night at 8.30, or you can find it online at the ICRT website and on iTunes. All right, now that's it for the show today. For Taiwan Talk, I'm Keith Manconi.